1: The Unholy Trinity Podcast: Three Blues, Three Opinions, One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 118 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. Delighted to say, joining us today Um, must be on about his what the hell? What are you on now, Calm about? you tend to think of something like that. You're having a good week at the moment, aren't you? Because Pete's uh, Pete's he's <laughs> doing. He's got a new puppy, so he's uh, he's way late. So uh, I'd like to say, Callum Callum White's back on the show today. Uh, looking forward to hearing you your thoughts on the Blues. Obviously, uh, yesterday's win in the FA Cup and, and obviously the the tactical setup of the manager as well. So hopefully, hopefully you've got a, a few notes on that, Callum.
2: Yeah, yeah, all good.
1: Do Excellent. Mate. Well, let's let's just just jump here, uh, jump straight in. Obviously, we uh, we've managed to to get through to the to the fourth round of the FA Cup after a you know really difficult. Well, I say difficult. We made it difficult for ourselves against against Hull coming through in the end after extra time, thanks to a uh, Andros Townsend goal um to come through three two. So, yet again, Callum. You know, before the game even kicks off, we we, we look at the start eleven. Uh, we saw a debut for for new sign and uh, there at left back, but the the, the mine just gone for a back five and a midfield two again. Um, and you know, we we questioned against Brighton. You know, it worked against Chelsea, but we questioned against Brighton. It didn't work, and and we we go away to a, a Championship side who we, are currently sitting nineteenth, and we we right
2: to question it again, aren't we? Because yet again, it didn't really work, did it? No, and it's it's infuriating to watch, isn't it? Because Obviously, we had Alan and Gomez in central midfield, and it, you just feel like when you play in that formation, if you come up against even a half decent team, or even like yesterday against Hull, you feel like they're just getting dragged out of position every time your team is in possession. They're getting dragged around, and they're getting made to look like bad players. But when in theory, they they're either outnumbered, three v two or a four v two in central midfield, um, and I think like again the setup yesterday was. Was, was a mad one, like to play Coleman as a right centre-back, Kenny on the right, um, I just don't see the need to do it. It, just, it gives you less options ahead of the ball when you win it. It it does, it really limits what you can do. Um, and obviously, with on the front at the moment, it's like you can't even play a ball into him. Because for me, you can't hold the ball up well enough. You can't get off the ground, you can't win flick-ons. Um, and if he does win a the flick-on, there's no-one ever near him to, to, to run through. Um it's just a really negative formation. Like we yet yeah, we play against Chelsea, maybe we play against the top teams, five at the back, but going away to hull. Everyone was just infuriated by it, including myself.
1: Yeah, and like you said, then I mean, in terms of trying to get ourselves playing out, it causes problems, doesn't it? It really does, because we're finding ourselves all the time three against two in midfield, not in our favour. And you know we that that third body is so important to helping us actually navigate. If We've got to play from the back, help us navigate out from that particular position. Because how many times yesterday did we I think it was twelve times? And just from sort of just read really quickly, Michael Keane went long twelve yeah. times. Yeah, and, you know, fifty percent of those times, that he went he went long. It didn't find one of our players. right I, well,
2: I think with that though, would like him going long. I just think we haven't got the. The players in central midfield to be able to either won the mark, but they're not quick enough to get on the ball, like Alan he will get the ball when he's unopposed. But he's really got someone breathing down his neck. He's not the type of player to wriggle out a a situation and get on a half ten and play a ball we haven't got. And we haven't had for in a midfielder who's quick. You can you've got that movement in midfield, that rotation of midfield players to move to have different variations to get on We just we just don't have that. It's so it's so static and one dimensional at times, it's untrue.
0: Yeah, mate, we don't we don't have anybody to get on the ball on the half turn, do we, and drive? No, you know I mean I think I think, you know, dare I say it, we've been linked with Ross Barkley. He's the type of player that could do that when he's on form, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think I do agree with you. I think um I thought Gomez at times looked, looked like the only one that could, you know, a lot more relaxed on the ball whenever you yeah. received the ball in tight spaces, he kept it pretty well. But you are right. I felt so sorry for Alan yesterday. I thought, I thought Alan had overall had a good game, but he was absolutely blowing out of his arse at the end because
2: yeah.
0: he, he, he was doing the work of two people, really. I mean, he's running round everywhere. That, that's what he's good at. We know he's good at sort of pressing the ball, winning it back. But the thing is, if, if they get past him, because, you know, he, he is relatively easy to dribble past because he hasn't got that pace.
2: Yeah.
0: Then, then there's just absolute acres in behind him. Yeah. And what I don't get, and we've had, we've said this briefly before, but you know all the all the all the all the pundits and Jermaine Genius and all that were highlighting themselves. They they can watch Everton for five minutes and see what the problem is straight away, just like we can as fans when we watch it. Yeah. The same problem we had against Brighton. The same problem we had when we played Watford in you know in those final moments when they scored four goals in ten minutes. How can he, who's supposed to be this lauded tactical genius, not see that that's a massive issue for us? It's yeah. like a massive issue. You know, you're playing whole city and you're setting up against whole city You know, with five at the back. You know, I mean, no disrespect to John Joe Kenny, but he should be getting nowhere near that first 11. No. You know I mean? And, and, and I know he's had two assists in two games and fair play to the lad. You know, he, he's never really been that bad of a crosser of the ball. It's the rest of his game that I don't think is up to it. But, but, you know, and Coleman slotting in at right centre-back and that just drifting around, walking, you know, not even keeping his shape and playing. They were playing balls down the side of him in that first half, like with these. Yeah, Eve. yeah. And, and then I just don't understand why you can't see it, that like the midfield lads are just getting absolutely battered. Yeah. And then, you know, because in those sort of games, and we, we showed it in spells in the first half, you know, you want to control the game, don't you? Just control the game. Just control yeah. it. Even if you're knocking it round and not really break, not really penetrate, penetrating the opposition. Just, just keep the ball. Take this thing out of the game. You know, class will tell in the end. Because you know, I said to you, Mike. You know, there's, you know, we have got enough. We had yesterday, certainly on the pitch, enough what I would call flare players to create something. You know, we showed it. You know, Gray, Gray created two or three. You know, brilliant opportunities sometimes for himself. Obviously, scored a lovely goal. So, if we could just have a solid base behind them and just let them not go and play, we'd have won that game with ease. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know what you think,
1: Mike. Yeah, well, we keep on. You know, we, the disappointing thing is, and I said this, I think it was last week, um, you, you, your layman fan can see what Everton's problem is, especially with this back five. And even in a 4-4-2, our problem is, We we don't have enough bodies in the midfield, and we get played through. It's happened too often this season, as it is. And if a manager can't see that, you know, and I don't want to keep on going about the manager because it's boring. It's really boring because we're saying the same things week in, week out. Because you know, the manager's making the same mistakes for me. And people would have more respect for him if he actually just went right. Yeah, I can see that. Let's have a midfield three in there from the off. Let's not change it after you know an hour. Let's let's go in there with a 4-3-3, especially a way to, to Hull, you know, let, let, let's let free somebody's up in the midfield you know, we haven't, like you, like you said Callum, we haven't got a midfielder, I mean who sits we haven't got a midfielder in that kind of mould who can sit, take the ball on the turn and, and you know, let, let's progress from there so that needs to be addressed you know, we think if, we're, if we've got any kind of targets left in the, in the remaining of the window I would prefer someone who's going to sit in that midfield as a number 6, That that's my personal opinion, but we're seeing it week in, week out. We're seeing what the problem is. And people who are football experts at the club are not seeing that problem. Or if they are, they're being too stubborn to change it. And that's that's what's getting fans backs up. Is we see the lineup yesterday, before we even kick the ball, people are thinking, Well, hang on. Why why are we playing five at the back again? Why is Seamus Common playing centre half? Why is Kenny in the side? Like you said, Lee, you know, you're okay, two assists in two, but He's not the standard that we should be looking to to have in our side week in week out. There's, there's certainly there's no there's no need for him to be playing week in week out, and the manager just, just doesn't seem to want it. Want to go out there and and take take a game to a team, you know, especially in FA Cup away to a Championship side they were struggling. Go out there, stamp your authority on the game as the Premier League side, and make it a comfortable win. And we then could have then got on the likes of Patterson, could have got a bit of time. Um, Lewis Dobbin could have got longer than he got, you know, if we were a bit more comfortable. And, you know, d- do that, but we're not seeing it. Um, and that's the disappointing thing, isn't it? But yet again, yesterday, Callum, after the manager said before the start of the game, he asked, asked about, you know, Everton starting slowly and and obviously giving the first goal away. And what, what was his, his advice to the team? And he said, well, well don't do not don't do it today. And within, within, what what were we, two, three minutes in, they scored the first goal. You know, when we have we played the ball out, it was Mikhelenko to to Demari Gray. I watched it back because we thought that maybe the ball wasn't really on. But for me, the ball was on. We had a bit of pressure on his back slightly, but if the ball was on and then Gray's given it away, fouled the man, he got a free kick, and yet again, set-piece, Everton can't defend. And, you know, early doors were inside two minutes. We're 1-0 down. And we're putting ourselves yet again, Callum, in a position where we're having to try and fight back to get back in the game. And it's these kind of mistakes that we're seeing week in, week out, going hand-in-hand with the the tactical mistakes that are being made as well, which mean people and fans aren't happy. And there's no no surprise that the pressure on the manager is going to continue to grow.
2: Yeah. I think this, before going on to that first goal, I don't know what it is, but even under under Carlo Ancelotti, the, the amount of times we went behind first, even under Silva, we've, 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 this has been going on for years now. Not just under under um under the Benitez, it's gone on for a long time. Just not starting off well, giving ourselves a mountain to climb, going behind in the first half, having to come back to second half. I, I don't know what it is. It seemed like a, a deeper root of a problem, um, and I don't know what it is, um, but yeah, that first goal, you know. The problem I have with watching Everton at the moment is I think that the football is terrible, but we don't yeah. control like you said, Lee. We don't control games. We don't we don't look like keeping the ball. Whether that's down to how how our intensity is, whether that's down to the players not being able to move quick enough, or whether it's down to the formation or all three. But that first goal yesterday, we had a chance to get out of an area to, to play away from pressure where there was I think four against two. They were they were on us to play to someone. We didn't. We tried to triple it out, whatever you tried to do, misplaced the pass, given the free kick away, and straight away I'm thinking, they're going to score here, actually text mate, they're going to score off this now, and he did, and I watched the back end, it's, it's weird, I know, like, you have your centre-backs marking the biggest players sometimes and whatever, but we seem to think that the ball was going to the back post, so we sent Keane to the back post, and we sent Godfrey, probably our two best headers of the ball, to the back post, Um. And then we had Rondon and Mike Michaelenko marking players within the six-yard box in the centre of the goal. Now, if I'm a manager there, I don't want Rondon as the central player. I don't want Michaelenko as my central player neither. I'd rather let Rondon go to the back post and have my central defenders, who are central defenders to defend in between the goal when the ball comes in. Because as soon as that ball comes in, Rondon can't get off the ground. Michael Lenkos lost his man, 15 seconds into his debut, or 45 seconds in, and he scored. While meanwhile, Michael Keane's the back post, and Godfrey is, and the ball didn't even go there. So the setup to me just seems seems mad, in my opinion, for that goal.
0: Yeah, mate, I agree with you. I mean, first of all, you shouldn't be giving a free kick to an opposition who are going to be clearly up for it in the early stages. Games on TV, under the lights, at their home ground, BBC gagging for an upset. You know what I mean? So, the first thing you do in those sort of games, we all know that, is just take the sting out of any game, quieten the crowd down, keep the ball, just do the simple things really well. And, you know, the ball got played back to Keane off the kick-off. Now, nine times out of ten, he'll just hit a diagonal, diag, diag, try and win the header, yeah. whatever. And he, for some reason, you know, they've probably tried to give Michaelenko a first touch. And they've gone they've gone to Godfrey, from Keane to Godfrey, to, to the kid. And then he's obviously looked up there's nothing on going forward, he's looking at going square, checks again, then he drags it back in and then plays, Gray's obviously then shown for it now, so you've played it into Gray's feet, the guy's right up Gray's backside, nicks it off Gray's toes, and then all of a sudden they're floundering then to try and win the ball back and give a free kick away. And then you're like, how on earth has this even happened here? Yeah. You know I mean? like, that's just absolute schoolboy right there. Yeah. And then obviously, like you've just said, you won't go over it again, but the detail on the free kick, you just think like, More often than not, the ball's going to be in the central area. And, you know, the the young kid's got underneath it, hasn't he? And then Rondon's not even jumped. No. And then if you look at the lad that's put it in the net, he's he's probably not over six foot. No. You know what I mean? So you're just thinking, what an impetus to give them there. And then, you know, not long after that, their big lad Eve's at front. He scores from from, from across. And we were
2: all over the show.
0: Absolutely, yeah. all that save
2: at one nil. That Begovic tipped over the bar, mate. Yeah. that one
0: in there. That was game over, you know. That
2: was game well, over. It was, it was. Yeah, we just started
0: so little. And you mentioned, you know, what is it that we started? You know, I said at a stat last week. You know, we've conceded out of the last fifteen. We'll include in this game now. Fifteen out of the last twenty-one games, we conceded the first goal under Benitez.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean that's just ridiculous for me. That. Yeah. How can you? You know. Against Brighton last week and against Hull this week, where in my opinion, we're the better side. You know, if he wants us to play counter-attack football, that's fine against the better teams who are going to want to dominate possession. But, uh, you know, stamp your authority. Like you just said there, control the game. You know, just, I know we're not, I know, look, Benitez uh, has said the same as Carlo before him. We're not the best at playing through midfield. You know, we, we haven't really got the best ball players other than maybe Gomez, maybe things like that. So therefore, you know, we are designed maybe to go a bit more direct. But not against teams like that, we can still keep the ball. Yeah. If you keep the ball, you know, we like we showed with the goal, the two goals that we scored, which were a lovely goal. We actually kept the ball for a period of time. Yeah. You know, what I mean, we played that extra pass. You know, you know, the second goal, obviously, there. Gordon's got it in a nice. But we kept the ball well. Gomez has done a little shimmy. He got a yard, given it to Gordon. It's opened up for a shot. He's gone to shoot. He's feigned the shot, played it into Kenny, and it's a nice little ball. It's a good goal. Yeah. It's the sort of goal you'd expect from Man City that getting in behind the full backs and clipping it in. It's a goal, so you know that's how we should be playing for me all the time against you know in, teams that are inferior to us. Yeah. But for for some reason he's got it. You know he's got Michael Keane in bloody like you know Franco Baresi balls from bloody like from centre back. You know what I mean? I know he's capable of hitting the odd the odd diagonal. And he cuts across it and things like that. But you know if that's your main form of attack, Michael Keane. Yeah. In diagonals yeah, to, to, to a lad that can't even hold the ball up or win a header, then no wonder we're bloody losing games.
1: Oh no. But it's, it's almost as if though at the moment the the two players who are not, not so much a leveler, but who are relying on are uh, Mario Grey and Anthony Gordon. They are the two. In, yeah. in in that setup where you've got five at the back, you're relying on those two doing something i mean the yet again i thought was was terrific he, he was the difference to be perfectly honest his pace he ran his backside off he, he certainly felt it hence why he came off in, in extra time but look at his goal what a touch that was to bring the ball down first of all to, to to get things moving lovely lovely little interchange with anthony gordon who every single week now that i watch him i feel he's improving you know he's he's always had back commitments but now he's, he's combining commitment with output You know, his last three games he's had, um, was it, two assists, two goals. So he's now contributing really effectively. You know, lovely little ball into grey. Never any doubt when he's gone through, he's going to stick it in the back of the net. And, you know, those two in that system are are vital. But that's that's wrong. We we shouldn't have a reliance on a a young kid who's coming through the ranks who's still very, very much learning about his game and developing. And also... Demario Gray who's playing a lot of minutes, you know, he's he's our top goal scorer now. Um but we shouldn't just be relying on these two players. We should have more than enough within the squad, especially against the legs of Hull in the FA Cup, to go there and be a lot more comfortable. Um but that all stems from the system that we set up uh, in from from the first whistle. And and that's the that's the thing which which really, really gets to me. But to try and be a little bit positive. If, if it can, How good was it to see Callum Andre Gomez get a goal Only a second goal for us since he, he actually signed um, We we say it all the time We've always been fans of Andre Gomez We understand he's, he's been inconsistent uh, We understand he's had injuries Outside of his, his leg break um, he's, He struggles from that side of things And we understand he doesn't get played in his, his rightful position He needs to be, be, be played further forward But how good was it to see him Break into the box yesterday Diving there to get 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 his goal totally, totally deserved, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it was a great goal. And it's very um it was sort of he, he put his head in there as well. Whereas some players would try and get out of that, he's probably put his head there, but he could have got sucked out. Um, it was a great late run to the box. Um the great ball by it was Kenny, was it yeah? Um yeah. He, put, he put it in. It was a good move. Um and you know, if we do go to three in midfield, you know, the the three in midfield there, if we had Alan, Gomez and the correct, that's not a bad midfield three at all. It's not bad. And If we get Richie back and Calvert Lewin, you know there's competition there for places, isn't there? But at the moment we're playing five at the back, two in midfield, and the, you know we're not we're not having enough of the ball. Like they they the a home team, but they're in a championship. They had more possession than us yesterday, fifty two percent possession, which is which is mental. Like we should be going there with at least 58 percent possession, coming away there easily winning two or three nil without breaking a sweat. And in, in the end we end up going to extra time. I'm relying on the Townsend world to, to, to get us through. Um, so yeah, but yeah, under Gomez, I thought in spell, I thought he was really good. Um, but as I said, I think it it was really a lot harder for them, Alan and Gomez, due to our setup. He, he, he struggled sometimes to to get free because they were doubled up on or they were marked, and there was no rotation on there to to get out and you know try and get on the ball and, and make them move a bit more. So it was very static at times, but I think he done well um, and took his goal really well as well.
0: I said to you, Mike, would not it? I mean, I tell you, you know, we're on about a ball carrying midfielder, yes. But if we had someone like Garner now sitting in that six there yesterday, yeah. with with Alan and um, Gomez in front of him, that would have looked so much more balanced. You know, yeah. Garner's got he's got the legs to cover the ground. You know what I mean? He, and then that allows the others to almost be a little bit more ill disciplined and go hunting the ball because you know you've got Garner behind yeah. you. You know what yeah. I mean? It, Hoover and, up, Hoover, and, Hoover and all up and winning the ball back because he was brilliant at that, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, someone like him there would have been perfect to create more of a balance in midfield. But it's like it's like I said, though, I mean, you've got to control these games. And we have got, as I said, we have got enough players in the forward half of the pitch, particularly with Gray and Gordon at the minute. And as you said, you've got, you know, Richarlison and, and Calvert-Lewin to come back. We have got enough talent up there to win games just with them. So, you know, you look at what what the lads done it. Is it Bruno Large? At Wolves. Now he's yeah. made he's made right. Wolves like very, very, very hard to beat. Now, yeah. okay, they're struggling to score goals. You know, they, they they played really well at Old Trafford the other day. Yeah. And they deserved a win and scored it, scored a goal in the end. Yeah. But the point I'm saying is in a very short space of time, he has got them very, very hard to score against. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I was expecting from Rafa Benitez. Yeah, I was same. expecting him, but you know, I thought you know what—he's not going to play open, expansive football. But what he will do, he'll give us a platform from which to play from, and yeah. to be hard to beat. And that's what Lars has done there. You know, he's he's made them really hard to beat. They've drawn quite a few games, but you know, all they need now is to put it together. You know, in the final third, and they'll start winning more games. You know, Wolves but, are having a pretty decent season, to be fair. Yeah, you
2: know I, mean, I mean, so, one, you know, with a with a better striker up front, that they'd be. Probably top seven, top eight, or top six at least. I think without, yeah, yeah, exa- without exactly thing. that. And then for me, you know, if Benitez did that to us, he came in and went,
0: you know what? It's gonna, it's gonna be a bit of time, lads. But look, I'm gonna make it really hard to beat. We're not, we're not, gonna, we're not gonna make basic mistakes. We're yeah. not gonna have loads of gaps everywhere. We're not gonna concede yeah. from set pieces. But what that'll do, it will give you a platform, lads. Damari Gray, you know, Richarlison, Calvert Lewin, you know, uh, um the young lad as well, Gordon. You know, you it will give you a platform. You know, you don't if you lose a ball, you lose a ball, but we'll win it back. We won't concede. And if you've got a platform then from which you know you're going to keep clean sheets in most games,
2: well, yeah. guess
0: what? You get with that sort of talent going forward, particularly the way yeah, he's so playing well. at the minute, you will win games. Yeah, you know what I mean, you'll win games without having to bust. You know, the players coming off the pitch, yeah, do not be surprised now. I'm hoping the Leicester game gets called off. Do not be surprised now if a few of them are carrying a few muscular injuries after that. Because yeah. they absolutely had to basically bust their balls really to get a three-two result.
2: it had yeah. been laughing down as well there as well beforehand as well, wouldn't it? So it had been loads on the legs, that to carry like Hundred in- percent, mate.
0: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I think to be fair, you know, I mean, we we were wasteful. We were wasteful at times in the second half. You know, what I mean, there was times where you know they'd committed quite a few bodies forward. We had a few counter attacks. I mean, Gray got caught off offside a couple oh, of times. That was bad, yeah. That was so annoying. There was one where there was 5v3. Yeah. We had to do, we would just time the pass into him. And he could have, you know, he could have taken, he could have skinned the guy for pace, pulled it back, tapping goal. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and there was just so, you know, we, we, I think you wrote a tweet, Mike, at the time. We need a third goal here because if we don't get the third goal, anything can happen. Yeah. And they, they, had, they hadn't even had a shot on target in the second half. And fair play to the lad. I mean, the ball's played back to him there after a 50-50, obviously, between Kenny and Huddleston. And, and, that's the finish, that. I mean, I'll give him credit. That's a lovely finish with his left foot.
2: Yeah.
0: He's bent that he's been that over Begovic there. I mean, that's a great finish. Um, but that was their first shot of the second half. So, we were we were sort of controlling the game to an extent in the second half. I think they were tiring a little bit as well. But then, obviously, that goal gave them an, another burst of energy, didn't it? And then, you know, we looked like potentially the ones that were going to concede a third then. Yeah. Um, and, obviously, they hit the post with that young lad who looks a good player. Um, so, you know, we had to ride a luck a little bit in the last sort of 10, 10 minutes, really. But, but I, it's just so painfully obvious for all of us as fans when watching Benitez's team at the minute. Take all the Liverpool stuff out, take everything out we had about him coming here. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm still fuming about the whole Luca Dean situation and everything else. But if you carry on setting up teams like that, our, our team like this, then, you know, you're basically digging your own grave, mate. You know yeah. what I mean? No wonder there's banners. It's not just... Everything that's going on around the club, you're forced half, half the backroom staff to, to leave the club. You know what I mean? You've fallen out with one of our best players. You know, But on top of all that, you're making absolute shocking tactical mistakes as well, son. You know yeah. what I mean? So he was very lucky there for me. He was very yeah. lucky there that we got, we, we got away with that with a bit of brilliance in, in extra time. What would have happened there if he would have got beat? Well, that's the million-dollar question, mate, isn't it? That's a million-dollar question. Would he have gone or is his job safe as ours is none of us know because the club just don't tell us do they? Yeah I mean they don't communicate with us. if Bashiri came out and said, you know what, no matter what, sink or swim or whatever, we're sticking by this guy because we're going to do a massive overhaul of this club. Yeah. Then at least at least where well, we know where we stand. Otherwise as fans, we fill in the narrative, don't we? We'll yeah. fill in the gaps then and make and make and make the decisions for him. Um and and the lack of communication to me is, is 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 a shocker from as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, yeah. But that, we, we've had the communication issues for many many years, haven't we? And I know I know Everton put out quite a lengthy interview with the manager in terms of um, aims for the transfer window and things like that at the start of the week, uh, which was a, a step in the right direction. But like you say, we we don't know from one day to the next. What's going to happen at the club? All sorts of things. Every single day, there's there's just something new, isn't there? At this yeah. moment in time, whether it be the two new lads obviously signing pretty quickly in the transfer window, the the Luca Dean situation, and uh, issues around you know Yerry Mina, um, there's all kinds of things which are come out of the club, and it just it just looks like a circus on the outside looking in. It really doesn't. That's that's a concern. Um, you know whether we whether we hear any more. Uh, and we get any more official communications as the month goes on. Who knows? We we just don't know. Um but I suppose as a, well, th- the important thing was in, in the third round to get through to the fourth round, which we've done, and that's that's obviously really, really important. Um and we're gonna have a quick break, and we're going to discuss because we've seen a little bit of stick for the lad, which I thought was 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 poor form from certain people. Uh, we're going to discuss obviously the the the, the debut of of after the, after the break, but also the the breaking news as we've been recording that it, it appears that Luca Dean is on his way to Aston Villa. So we're we'll back after the short break. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast. Like I said before, before the break, we're going to have a have a chat about um, the debut of of Michalenko yesterday, who obviously was was thrown in um, for his debut. He'd been on Merseyside side and train for approximately about a week, um, hasn't played football or trained for about fifteen days prior to to the uh, to actually his first training session with the club, um, and he, he gets thrown in plays as a wing back which he isn't really. He's he's a left back. He's not he's not, not a Luke Dean kind of uh, type of wing back. Plays 120 minutes, you know, difficult difficult game of course. Um, and I think I think overall Lee, I think he he came out looking okay. Probably started a little bit shaky. You know, we, we we've discussed already the you know he, he gives the ball to to Gray, he, he gives the ball away, free kick, they, they get the goal early on. You know, we started he, he was doing a lot of things that that was safe, wasn't he? He was going back quite often, you know Quite quickly, didn't really want the ball, and you get all of that. It, it's you know, it's it's a difficult transition to make, and be asked to go in from the start when when you come into any any side from a, a league outside of outside of this country. But I thought as the game went on, he, he certainly settled. But the criticism that we've seen of him is certainly not justified, is it?
0: Well, this is one of my worries that I mentioned every week when we were talking about the whole Luca Dean situation and this lad coming in. One of my biggest concerns was. He's coming from a, from a foreign league. You know what I mean? He's coming from a league that's obviously nothing like the Premier League. And then on top of that, you're asking him that potentially, rather than slowly bedding him in 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, you know, possibly, you know, uh, the odd cup game, um, once he's bedded in a bit more, you know, you'd expect him to sort of him and Luca Dean to be your one and two. And then, uh, as I said, you just, you just slowly ease him in, which would be better for him. But not only that, you're bringing him in, you're throwing him in straight away, even Benitez's own words were um he hasn't you know he hadn't played for fifteen days, um but you know he had to play basically, so we threw him in and see what happens. I mean, I felt for the kid to be fair, I felt for him, you know, and by all accounts, his English isn't that great either, so that's another barrier and then you know, I thought you know he grew into the game um he was trying to get forward, um but ultimately if you're looking at early impressions. He does come across obviously as a a, a more defensive uh, um sided left back, really, as opposed to a more attacking one. If you compare it to sort of uh in Kunku's debut, for example, when he played in the cup last season, you know, you could clearly see this lad was an absolute athlete and was bombing forward, and we thought, hang on a minute, we've got an absolute wonder kid on our hands here. There's obviously they don't quite see it in him defensively. Um, hence the reason why he's probably not as had as many chances since. Um, so obviously he, he really sort of impressed on debut when he played last season. Um, but I just felt for the kid, like I said, I felt for him because he's just been thrown in there in a team that, let's be honest, is is really struggling uh, in terms of confidence, really struggling in terms of just trying to win a football match. You know what I mean? And the, the fans are obviously, you know, a goal away from basically saying sat, sat the manager. So it's not an easy environment for him to come into either. Um, and, and you know the team is bereft of confidence as as a whole apart from maybe one or two players so I thought he did okay I thought he did okay but yeah you can't be jumping on his back and I said that all along you know as fans we've got to give him time you know what I mean um, you know he's come from as I said a completely different league you know cash your mind back to when you know Arteta's and Pinar's made you know Davies for us and I, I distinctly remember Arteta coming signing for us and really really struggling in that first, first half a dozen to a dozen games, and then obviously once he got to grips with the league, his talent shone through, and he ended up being one of our best midfielders. You know what I mean for the last twenty years. So, um, so yeah, so he will need time, and it's important we give him time. But um, yeah, the shouts that you know that some of them against him were just way out of line, uh, way out of line as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how you felt. He felt fo- how felt um, how you felt he played, Callum. What was your thoughts, mate?
2: Yeah, similar to you, really. He seems like a much more defensive player, um, didn't really get forward that much, whether that was down to tactics from, from Benitez or whether that's just his game. Um but yeah he's he twenty two um seventeen million potentially got rising up to he's gonna take time to settle in. Um and you know like you said it's like it's all good and well Sand someone and if you're going into a team that's full of confidence and battling teams every single week it helps you these He's in them them first few games and helps to get confidence. But at the moment, he's coming to a side He's won one game in twelve in the Premier League. So he's thrown in the deep end, um, and he's going to be up against it because we need to start winning games. So he's he's got to. For me, he's got to hit hit the ground running, but it's going to be difficult for him.
1: But he's not a player, though. Like I said, you know, and 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 Lee, Lee, you said then as well. He he's not a. And uh, an attacking fullback is he? he's not like your, your modern day fullback, so to speak. He is a he's a left back. Is it that, that's what he is? So, but he was a centre half converted to a left back. He was, yeah, that's he was. Clear, so, 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 he's defensively minded, isn't he? He's you know he's a he's a decent size for, for a fullback. I think he's about five five eleven from from what I read. So he's fairly tall as well. well for I a think full- he's more than that, mate. I think he's like 6 two, isn't he? I'm I, I think. Don't, yeah,
0: I don't think you're, doing him, you're doing him a few inches there, mate. He's not quite Tom Cruise,
1: lad. <laughs> no, I don't think he's six foot two. I'll find that was well uh, when no, was He's five
2: eleven. He's five eleven. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. So that,
1: that's that's one nil oh. to me like, from my research I he for this. You need to improve on that front. Sorry, yeah. mate. Sorry,
0: mate. Stand corrected. But
1: well, the mm-hmm. point is, for a fullback, he's big, isn't he? He's a decent size, and and that helps us I think from a, a defensive setup, from set pieces, etc., etc. But how can I play goal? Well, I was just going to say, yeah, besides that, <laughs> that, that first two minutes, yeah, of course. Um, but I think, you know, he will play better in a back four. But yet again, like we discussed already, we play a back five. I'm asking him, first game for the club, difficult, obviously, difficult game. Um, they're up for a championship side. You know, he's been asked to play in an advanced role and, and try and get forward. And it's not his game. So it was even more difficult for him to, to go and do that. Um, and and be asked to play something which is a little bit maybe outside of his of his natural game. So we've got to all take take it all on board. And he we called, when we discussed the new signings last week. We said let's just give them you know have a bit of patience. Let's let them settle in. They're both young lads. Let's not expect too much too soon. But like like we said, the situation surrounding the outgoing Luca Dean as as caused this this issue hasn't. It? We we brought a left back in who's having to be used from day one because the uh, our senior left back is is on his way out because of what's going on with the manager. So it puts him at a at a, <clears throat> a disadvantage almost from day one because we haven't got we haven't got the the time, the facility to just bed him into the into the squad and into the start eleven slowly because of, of what's happening with, with Luca Dean. And that's that's really difficult to think for him. And we've got but we've got to set our expectations accordingly for him and understand he's in a difficult situation. Um, and like I said before, the break, and this has come not out of nowhere, but the Luca Dean was we thought was was pretty close to to Chelsea. That cooled as of today. Um, and now all of a sudden we've just seen when we've been been recording that. He's in an advanced in advanced discussions with, or we are with Aston Villa regarding a permanent transfer to, to sign for them. Callum, what are your thoughts on that? Because in isolation, let let let's just ignore the reason why he's he's moving potentially six months earlier than than we thought he maybe would. So this is not about. By the way, pe- people are getting confused with those people like ourselves who not particularly happy with the liquidine situation are getting confused with the with, with reasons why we're not saying he's not a saleable asset we're not saying that within six months it wouldn't be the right time to sell him because it makes perfect financial sense to do so We've, we all agree with that we understand that side of it it's a situation around why we are where we are probably six months six months early but Callum what, what are your thoughts on one of our rivals in terms of position in the league you would think at the end of the season fingers crossed anyway that we, we do actually pick up and improve what are your thoughts on us selling him to to a club like Aston Villa
2: well, that was the first I've heard when you, when you told me before Like I, I, I thought he was absolutely nailed on to be going to Chelsea so whatever's happened there I have no idea but he he looks set to nailed um, Villa to be fair like they're not messing around at the moment um, they're going to be a decent side, I think, because I think they're after him as well, which for me, is an unbel- he's an unbelievable player. I think what's happened, we don't know what's happened with Dean. We know that there was a conversation, don't we, any question tactics or whatever type thing or the way that they were playing football and that kind of thing didn't suit him. And as a manager, if, if that's happened, there's, there's ways to deal with it. So you need to do what well, he's done and forced him out and said you're not even going to get a second chance type of thing. Or, you know, it's the Lukaku situation where it gets resolved. Um so you don't know how much uh, you know Benitez is, is, is it's probably him who's initi- initiated it. But I think when you've come to a clash, if if Dean said, listen, I don't want to play for you, not not because it meant to be that he doesn't want to play doesn't want to play for Everton, he's probably said I don't want to play for you which means his time is up. Um, but for me, it's been worded badly that it looks like he just wants out of Everton Football Club and doesn't want to play for us anymore. When in fact, it's he's got a massive fallout with Benitez and doesn't want to play for him anymore. Um, And it's, it's never been sorted out. And now he's going to go to a rival, which you can guarantee he's going to get an assist or a winner against the next time we play them.
0: You know what? I I, 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 you know how vocal I'm on this mic, anyway, and I've been more vocal on Twitter than I usually. I We mean, normally stay away from it, but mm. I think, um, I think uh, the way this situation has been handled with Dean is, is is nothing short of disgraceful for me.
2: Yeah,
0: it's absolutely disgraceful the way Benitez has handled this, and whether he's manufactured it himself to maybe try and look to sell the player, who was, you know, as an asset, our main assets for me really are saleable assets, as we know. Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, Pickford, Luca Dean. Now, uh, one of them, if not two, were potentially going to go. Richarlison may still go in the summer, from what we're led to believe. But maybe Benitez has engineered it. We don't know. We just don't know. But what certainly has happened, for me, and I've said this before, Luca Dean had every right to have a chat with a manager and be able to sort of, hang on a minute, we're on a, we're on a really bad run here, boss. We're struggling to, you know, one of my main assets is 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 obviously my ability to get in, get in the final third and put in quality deliveries. You've also taken me off set pieces as well, right? So by doing this, it's hindering the team, I feel. So I feel, and I, I know some people disagree with us, that's fine. That's why we've all got opinions. In any walk of life, not just in football, the manager's door should always be open for discussion, particularly if a team is really, really struggling. Now obviously, it's ultimately the manager's final choice. That's fine. I, I respect that. But ultimately, a, a top manager will always be open for players to have discussions with him. Yeah. You know, John Terry was famously like that when he was at Chelsea, constantly in dialect with the managers saying, look, this is what, you know, I you know, think this, think that, maybe try this, try that, whatever. And good managers absorb that information. They listen to their players. You know, sometimes players, as we know, take it into their own hands on the pitch because they feel it's not working. So, yeah. you know, for me... The way it's been handled is nothing short of deplorable. And Benitez there, particularly in that Brighton game, that was the final straw for me. And I I was pretty vocal, obviously, last week on the podcast about it. But that was the final straw because we were getting so much space down the outside on the left-hand side against Brighton. And we Mm. had a right-back. We had a right full-back playing left-back there. He was having to constantly cut in. And it was was to the detriment of our team over over the fact that he had an issue with the fact that our our main left-back was sitting on the bench. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a disgrace for me, that. The team comes first. And then and he, he was clearly riled about it. And in his press conference the other day, that was a joke. That press conference the other day, he has split half the fan base against Luca Dean now by saying what he said. Doesn't yeah. ever want to play for Everson Football Club again. He's had that words to that effect. I mean, that that's a joke, doing that to a player. That's a joke. He doesn't want... He, as far as I'm concerned, when he signed that contract, He was willing to see that contract out with Everton, Luca D. He never gave any sign whatsoever that he was unhappy playing for our football club. This has all come about from the the manager. He doesn't, like you said there, Callum, he doesn't want to play for you, Rafa Benitez. I think he loves Everton Football Club. We don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. I understand that. But from what we've seen of him, the way he conducts himself, he was the vice captain to Seamus Coleman. Ancelotti made him the vice. He's a technically very good footballer. He's a French international playing in a team that's really in the, in the bottom half of the Premier League. He, he's one of our best players. And Rafa even came out, and if you, if you look at that interview or the presser, he came out and, and gave a little glimpse into what he said to Dean. Because what we all know is that the French, the French uh, internationals all get a dossier given to them, don't they, about their stats for their clubs. Now, they use those dossiers in number of formats. And one of the things they use it for is to be able to help them negotiate new contracts. To say, look, this is what I this is what I supplied to us as a football club, you know, and I think in Luca Dean's case, it's something like 17, 18 assists in the last two seasons, which obviously then you know makes him a, a valuable player for us, and yet Rafa Rafa's comments to that in that press over the other day, what did he say? He said, "I don't care about stats. We finished tenth. I don't care about individual stats. That's players putting themselves before the team." Well, he's given a little insight into their conversation there. I reckon Dean has said right. to him. Look, I'm creating stuff for this team. One of the, I was one of the most, well, I am one of the most creative players in this team. Other managers have recognised that. This is what I've produced for this team, and you're telling me to defend. You're yeah. telling me to sit back and defend. Now, if I was in his position, I'd say exactly the same. And I said to you, Mike, the other day, that's the equivalent of saying T- Klopp turning around to Trent Alexander-Arnold and saying, "Don't get forward, son. Don't get forward. I know you can't defend. I know that's a, not a great asset of your game." But just defend, will you? Don't get forward. Don't get forward. I know you've got a great delivery as well. I don't want you to get forward. I want you to sit off. I mean, it, it's complete stupidity. Luca Dean's strength is his ability to get in, create a, a yard of space yeah. and whipping, whipping balls. We all know that. We all know that. And he's got a dig on him as well. He's got yeah. a deep strike on him. And, and yet, Benitez has completely and utterly alienated this lad. And he's turned half the fan base against him, saying, OK, you never want to wear the shirt again. F off. Yeah. I mean, and then that, that for me is
2: so divisive. It's so divisive that he's done he's, that. He's renowned for it though, isn't he, by all accounts? Renowned for, he's renowned for doing that though, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, we know that. He did
0: it with yeah. Milito. He did it with Alonso to a lesser extent. He did Torres it with John Terry like, to a lesser extent. I mean, well, you know yeah. what I mean? What was that? I think he's done it with Eam um, Torres as well, I think. Yeah. So he, yeah. The, We know he's got previous. We know he's got previous. This, you know, I mean, Rafa Benitez has been the club five minutes, and half half the back room have left. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean, so you know, he, he's clearly got previous, and 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 I don't know what your thoughts are, but I just I just think the way the whole thing's been handled with with this kid, yeah. You know, and if we like like you said, Mike, if we sold him in the summer and that gave us six months or five months to allow to bed in this Ukrainian kid, that 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 for me would have been the ideal situation. Now. You're asking this kid, you know, he, if we had Leicester on Tuesday, if it goes ahead, he's going to play, isn't he?
2: Yeah.
0: Having played, having not trained for 15 days, he's just played, you know, 120 minutes and now you're going to ask him to play again a few days later. I mean, that's got injury written all over it, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, of course. You don't want to be bringing in any new player, really. You know, and, or A lot of our squad from, um, from a game against Hull now they yeah. played 120 minutes at a time when we've got injury issues. Obviously, COVID is still causing, causing problems as well. So you, you want to try and keep players as fresh as you can. Um and a lot of those players have played 120 minutes yesterday. Same playing being when really you'd rather not use them, like the Corey obviously was, was, was asked to come on. Um so you know, we've we're in a difficult position with injuries, etc., as it is. But if that game does go ahead, the chances are. He gets asked to play again, and and that's a that's a real concern. But obviously, just just touching on the the Luca Dean situation, and obviously going going to Aston Villa, it's for me it's it's a really it's a really bittersweet moment to you know to actually see Luca Dean leave the club. You know we 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 always say you shouldn't get too attached to players, and a lot of people now since since the, the press conference really on on Friday, which was where. The manager seems to get certain people on side by by what he was saying. And as fans, we don't truly really know what's being said behind closed doors. There's a handful of people that will know what's being said. We we don't know. We we know a couple of things maybe that other people may not know, and we're trying to form our opinion on that. But the disappointing thing is that you like you like to see players leave the club amicably. We're happy to let any player leave as long as it's to the benefit of our football club, whether that be financially. You know, or or the fact that you know they, they may be going to to play Champions League football for argument's sake. In this situation, for me, letting him go at this particular point after bringing in a left back from outside of, of the Premier League and then outside of one of Europe's top five leagues as well, doing it at this time to a club we were going to be fighting with in the Premier League in terms of position position wise, I think is is poor. But I think we've been backed into a corner because of situation with Dean and the way it's got it's turned really sour and the fact it's so public and the manager's obviously gone further in the press conference on Friday Chelsea have pulled out because they wanted a loan deal and weren't happy to sanction any kind of loan deal without a, an agreement that they would buy him at the end of it so we're now in a position where we'll hang on we're going to have to sell him to a team that we're going to be fighting with because Chelsea for example is a side who'd be pushing for the top two or three now don't want to do a deal. They're looking to to recall Emerson from from loan to 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 deal with their left back situation. So we're in a situation now where we don't want to fall fouls of any kind of financial rules. We've got to do a deal with one of our rivals, and that's the position we put ourselves in because of of the circus that is that has uh, has gone before. And that's yeah. That's,
0: we, we've 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 strengthened the rival there. Villa Villa signing. I mean, I mean, Coutinho. Look, don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't have wanted Coutinho. That's, you know, that that's a, that's the type of players we don't want to be signing on big wages. I think he will improve Villa, don't get me wrong. I think Buendia has struggled a little bit since he's moved over there. And obviously, you know, Gerrard seems, has as had, as had a bit of previous with Coutinho himself, so he'd probably be able to get something out of him. But in terms of left-back there, that's massively strengthening their side. If you look at the way Gerrard sets his teams up, he relies yeah. a lot on full-backs. Well, he relies a lot on them. full-backs. And Matty Cash is a decent player. He's been a good yeah. signing even before Gerard. You know, and if you look at that, his Rangers team, you know, it, it was Tavernier that was probably their best player. You know what I mean? And I think he was one of their top goal scorers as well. Oh, right recent, back.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Luca Dean going, if they've got Cash on one side and Dean on the other, they're two good fullbacks. You know what I mean? Two good fullbacks. And Dean is is in his prime years now. Yeah, I know, look, he's, he's coming. He's going to be 30 in 18 months. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's still, he's still got two or three years of top-level footy there, I think, before he starts deteriorating. And he obviously looks after himself by the looks of it as well. He's always in good shape. Um, and as I said before, he's technically very good. Now, don't get me wrong. The signing of this young kid and Patterson, I think, hopefully, will turn out you know, prove to be really good signings. They're the yep. pools we want to be fishing in. You know, I mean, they're, they're the types of players we want to be signing with a potential resale value. We've said that all along. And by all accounts, and what we've been told, they're both brands as well they've got brands his name you know a all over them, these two two young lads you know we tried to get Patterson for 6 7 million in the summer we've gone back paid a bit more and got him so as far as i'm concerned i have got no problem with that what i've got a problem with is the way this has been handled and the way he's being called out and the way some fans are now obviously like you know deciding that he's an absolute you know gobshite or whatever you want to call him so i just don't like the way that's been handled i'd rather him gone in the summer and then you know, I'll use this time then to allow, uh, obviously, this young kid coming in to sort of ease his way into the Premier League. Because if he has a couple of ropey games over the next half a dozen, which he could do, by the way, yeah, which he could conceivably do because he's adjusting. Yeah. Fans could be all over him, and then that could destroy him. That could destroy his confidence early doors. Um, so you know, we've just got to. The fact he's going to Villa, does it say anything on a fee there, Mike? As well, is it comment on a Yeah, fee
2: twenty-five mil. Twenty five. Yeah, between um, between twenty
1: and twenty five is the, the rumored fee. So either way, it's a profit, is what you will, the way you will look at it. Yeah, um, for me, it's
0: still, for me, it's for me, still that's long. still a that's still, still a good ridiculously good deal. deal yeah. That that's yeah. a ridiculously good deal. For me, right. I think he's worth. I think he's more, worth more thirty to thirty five. I think he's more worth. 30, you know, he's a friend's international. Like I said, you know, the kid's a top player. You know, you know, as as I said before, you know, football's not all about stats, but stats is used a lot more in the game now than it's ever been. You know what I mean, and and he's clearly one of the best fullbacks in terms of stats, not just in the Premier League, but in the top five leagues in Europe as well for the last two or three seasons. Yes, his his levels dropped a little bit after the injury last season, and he came back a bit sooner than he should have done. But the team the team was really struggling then because we lost we lost a core aim, we lost a few other key players as well. But before that, for me, he's been consistently one of our best players, and and we're basically selling one of our best players. Taking a small gamble on a young lad from another league, and and strengthening the rival at the same time.
1: Yeah. Well, just to just to him um, throw into the mix as well. Assuming Tuesday's game against Leicester is called off, the next visitors to Goodison Park.
0: Norwich. Oh no, it's not. We're playing Norwich away, aren't we?
1: Aston Villa. Oh. So, so that'll Norwich. be that'll be him. Um, <laughs> that'll be a fun and fun environment. I'm sure he's seeing a deal. This deal goes
2: through. Um, I think
0: I've, I think half of Goodison will give him a good reception, and half of them will basically because of what Benita oh, right, said. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, i will
2: be, yeah. be, be Gordon up against the it Gordon against Dean down, down that side. Yeah,
0: or yeah, Gray, Gray. They potentially Gray played down the left yesterday, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, so it, it, it could be. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you are right. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. It will be more likely Gordon. Sorry. Yeah, playing down it's the quite- right. Yeah
1: they quite fluid, though, aren't they? They quite often swap. Yeah,
0: they so. interchange. Yeah, they do yeah, interchange. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah that's written. That's written. In the stars. They can guarantee he's going to score a world if he can't. Oh, he mate. It'd be, yeah, it'd be yeah. a twenty-five
0: yarder in the top corner. You can just yeah. sit yeah, there. I'm and just pretend
2: as well It'll be. <laughs> and that, probably, you know
0: what? He'll, he'll run right up to Rafa and give it yeah. the cup in the ears. You know what I mean? yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. No,
1: no doubt. Um, well, just adds as more obviously more spice to a game where obviously Steven Gerrard is is. Uh, mm-hmm. Taking charge of a Villa side, at us some park for the first time, so it, it adds more to that game. But you know, it's, there's still a bit of time to go. Let Let's see if it develops any further or it goes any any other way. Uh, there was there's also talk. about this because you know, apparently Villa tried to throw El Ghazi into the deal to, to give us El Ghazi and Evans so if we want the money. Okay. <laughs> so, no, so,
2: no, worries.
0: yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, uh,
2: uh, to be honest, they sent a the mid Celt- decent. sent a mid decent. The one who's been playing lately. Ramsey, have you seen him? Yeah, yeah good he's player. He's a talent, he's, he's a, a real good, talent. He's a good player. I'd have him. He's a good I, think there's player. A play, I think there's a player in Buendia
0: as well. He just hasn't settled there yet. I think there is a player there. He showed a lot of talent at, at Norwich. Yeah. He changed good, you changed the form.
2: a lot of, haven't he? And, he just, and Watkins has been off form. He hasn't been playing well. And obviously then Gerard's coming. He wasn't playing well under Dean Smith neither. And there's a lot of changes since Grealish left. And I think they haven't got them new signings gelling yet. Um so we get he's been no, master- but,
0: they, but they will they will do under him. I hate to say it and I've said this before, but I hate to say it. I think Gerard's already showing signs of being a real a real top manager. Um he's got good staff, he,
2: got good staff as well.
0: Yeah, and the way he carries himself and things like that, you know. I mean, I think players respect him and, and, and he's clearly a good motivator and things of like that as well. So um, you know, let let, let let let's see what happens. But I think the reason why Dean's not gone to Chelsea, by the way, you mentioned the loan situation there, Mike. They've got Alonso. Um and obviously they've got Chilwell oh, and well. obviously to to and, Yeah, and so they've got Alonso's quite he's not well loved by the uh, by the Chelsea faithful, but he's he's clearly very good going forward. Alonso, he's just a bit suspect against the better teams when he has to defend. Um but they would have thought, you know, that just plugs the gap to allow Chilwell to he's out for the season, wow. Chilwell, and he with ligament yeah. damage. So, you know, they clearly were just looking to benefit from in a weird way. I was kinda of hoping almost he might go to Chelsea for six months. Yeah, and, and Benitez will be gone, and then he'll be back in the side again. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Unfortunately, not going to be going that way. As as we said, seems to be on his way to to Aston Villa. Um, let's see how it develops over the next the next few days. Uh, but we're going to end the show uh, after another short break to discuss our our fourth round draw. We found we're going to be facing the Goodison Park. So we'll be back in about thirty seconds. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Unholy Sincerity podcast. Like we said just before the break, the FA Cup fourth round draw was made today, um, and we've been drawn at home against against Brentford at Goodison Park. Obviously, we faced Brentford already in the league uh, recently, actually away away from home. Um, we got beat one nil, um, so it's not a obviously not a not a great draw. We've got a lower league side coming to Goodison Park, but. Always nice to be drawn at home in the in any cup competition. Um but Callum, happy, happy with the draw. You you are pretty positive going uh looking ahead
2: to that game? Not really, no. Um <laughs> it's one of them, isn't it? It's it's one of them, it's it's not a great draw at all, but saying that it, it could have been worse. We could have got someone like West Ham or someone, no knowing us, um, which I wouldn't have liked to play because they're on absolute form at the moment. They won again before. Um but it's one of them is we don't really have luck really. Like you look at like the likes a city and stuff, They get like these bog standard draws all the time. I think, I think um, them across the road just been given Cardiff a home Cardiff City. Um, so yeah, it's it's a game we can win though. I think we can beat Brentford. Um, like Lee was saying before, I it's one of them. He starts started off really well, started the season, but I think he tailed off a lot at the moment. Um, you no, know, they won in, obviously third round and and we'll scored a hat trick. Um, but yeah, I think at home, if it's like a night game as well, I, th- I think you have got a chance. But I'm hoping By that time, we've got obviously Calvert Lewin back to full fitness and stuff, and we're not playing five at the back. Well, that's a, yeah. That lot
1: well, depends on obviously the form we're in. You know, it's it's I think it's the first the first weekend in February isn't it? between the fourth and the seventh of Feb. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's it's not too far away. But we've still got a good probably what three three or four weeks till. Till that time, so a lot can happen. You know, we've still got the remainder of the transfer window. Uh, we're still looking to do to do one or two deals in terms of incomings ourselves. So it could be a, a totally different picture come that time. And hopefully by then we, we've we've picked up um, we picked up a, a few wins across, over the next few games as well. Um, but Lee, what, what what are your thoughts on the FA Cup? Draw? Are, you, are you a little bit uh, a little bit nervous, like Callum?
0: Um, I'm not too nervous. I should be though, considering we haven't won a game since September the twenty-fifth. But uh, oh sorry, we have won. We've won one game, sorry. But um Brentford, Brentford, when we played them over at their place, I was expecting a really tough game. Now, Brentford at the start of the season, obviously they've had a few injuries since, but you know, when they played Liverpool certainly, and I watched that game, yeah. they really gave them a tough game. And and they were unlucky they had a goal ruled off in the end for uh, for a winner. What would have been a winner with with Tony, um, or Luca Tony, as I called him uh, off-air before. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, no, when we played him, I was not impressed with him whatsoever. That game was there for the taking, and obviously we gave away um, a penalty. It was a bit dubious, but obviously... And that ended up being the difference between the two sides. But when we had a bit of a go in the second half, I didn't think they were great at all, to be honest. I did not think they were great at all. I think they, And the fact we're playing at home... Okay, I've not I know we've not been great, but let's be honest, if we play if we have Calvert Loom back like you said, if we have Richardson back, we, we we actually try and play with three in midfield and four at the back, then we should have more than enough to beat Brentford, really. We should do. But the way we've been playing at the minute, um you know, I'm not surprised if we go one or two nil down and suddenly try and start playing footy. Well, yeah,
1: let's let's hope it's not that, that situation, but we've you know, it happened again the weekend, quite a few times this season. We're, we're finding ourselves going behind and having to make some kind of, some kind of recovery. Um, as I say, div- difficult to, to obviously look, look ahead too far, given the, the month that we're in and the fact, obviously, transfers can happen for both sides. And you know, form form can play can play a big part in these things. Um Hopefully, we, we do. Go into that game in in a better position than we that we currently find ourselves in, and that we we went into the into the whole game with. Um, but obviously, ideally, you would like to draw a, a Premier League side in in a cup competition, whether it be home or away. But having home advantage is certainly is certainly a real a real positive, I think. And the cup, you know, it, I said it l- last week. You know, cup cup competitions need to give you a nice distraction. You know, when you're not playing particularly well, it's it's good to sometimes get away from from the Premier League and, and and look at something, at something else. Um, but difficult tie. Could have been, could have been better. Could have been worse. You know, we we've seen we've seen a few upsets over the course of this weekend. Same with obviously um, Newcastle going out to to Cambridge being one example. Burnley getting beat at home to, to Huddersfield. So you just never know, in in the FA Cup, um, how how things are going to actually going to actually pan out.
2: Um, well, mate, but...
0: For Forest, as we stand right now, uh, are a minute away from knocking Arsenal out. Yeah, I mean, barely,
2: yeah. so
0: that will be a great, great result for Forest, that because Arsenal, for me, since they lost to Wes, have been playing brilliant, fussy. Yeah,
2: um,
0: you know they've they've really Arteta's really got them, you know, pretty organised, and, and the likes of Saka and Martinelli and all that look really as, good. They put us...
2: As in the on Forest manager, isn't he the guy you came from Swansea though? Swansea, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he right. is. Good manager. He's a good manager, him, you know. He's very good. I've got what his name is now though. Steve yeah. Steve yeah. He? Yeah. yeah. But Richard Richardson so, was... might be back for that game, you know. It's saying, might be back. So he's he should be okay also,
1: Yeah, he's he has been pitched, he's been training uh training yeah. today. Yeah after farm. So he is he is he's definitely fifteenth.
2: He's, he's back
1: fifteenth, it's saying. Yeah, so you know the that, that, that'll be a positive if he can get get back fit and obviously him and him and Calvert are in the same in the same side will be will be nice of course um, and hopefully we we do we do get a uh, I'll have a decently or close to full strength squad as as we can as we can for the game but just seeing this say Forest have actually gone through and beaten Arsenal so yeah good win that for Forest that great win another Premier League side out you know it's always great to see Premier League sides fall as as soon as as soon as possible so it's good but you know end of the day we're in the hat, importance, uh home tie, importance, and and let's let's hopefully get there in a a slightly more positive frame of mind than than maybe we are at this at this moment in time. Yeah.
2: That's
1: us for this week, Callum. Appreciate you coming on. Really uh nice uh, to have a chat to you again.
2: Yeah, great to see you both. Thanks for having me on again. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Top man. Cheers. And we'll be back
1: ourselves next weekend to, to look back on the, the Norwich game, assuming it goes ahead. Who knows? As I've said many a time in, in recent weeks, we just don't know. Uh, but we'll be back next weekend to to go through that and look ahead to potentially Luca Dean's Aston Villa visiting, visiting Goodison Park. So we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast.
0: Three Blues. Three opinions,
1: one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.